and welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name's Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. My name's Kev. I have a story to interrupt. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Matthew. It's been a week since we've done this. How's, how's that week been for you? It's been good. It's been good. How's your week been? It's been one week. Lacking? Has it been lacking? In it a has been something? lacking. It has been lacking in a certain something. Oh, my God. Check out how prepared I am. What? I actually did have research for Faction Smacks, you know? Factual Smacks and the Schmacks. I put them all together on my MacBook. I left my MacBook. Uh, Are you I, actually... One minute. Is this a bit? This isn't... No, I wish... No. No, man. <laughs> I'll be right back. We'll let you were bragging. Uh, no, let's, we're not. I'm going to roast you the whole time. Let's, let's this do a re- guy- We can just restart... We can do no, anything. Go, go we have get the magic your thing. Technology. Go get your God thing. Damn it. Put go in a nice thing. put in some nice interlude music right here. This guy was bragging about <laughs> how prepared he is and then realized that he didn't have the thing that he was bragging about having on him. Can you believe it? Can you believe this guy? Get a load I still, of this I see guy. You talking. I yes. have no idea what you're saying, but I'll hear it on the playback. And yes. I'm not going to like it. I have been basically saying get a load of this guy for 20 seconds while you scrambled <clears throat> to get the thing this you were is, so proud about having. This is absolute riveting podcast material right here, folks. <laughs> Professionalism am, at its absolute finest. I am entertained. God damn it. All right, <laughs> Matt, I got some facts. I got some schmacks. Thank God for the speed of Apple processors. We are and just so, so everybody knows the score at this point. Oh, yeah. So Kevin is, is the dunce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a new one. And it is one nothing for me. Man, I really am the dunce today. Yes, you are. All right. Well, let's see if we can change that. Mm-hmm. Fact or schmack, Matt? Yes. The longest marathon playing guitar was 114 hours, 6 minutes, and 30 seconds. And it was approximately 1,372 songs. Now, is this a marathon playing guitar, like people running a marathon while playing guitar, or was this a guitar playing marathon where people were playing guitar for as long as they could? I think by the look on my face, you know the answer to that. That's I'm guessing. Ridiculous you- question. <laughs> of course it was to see how long you could play guitar for. Okay. Well, I, I think then it would be a guitar playing marathon, not a marathon guitar playing. Yeah, I might have screwed up my notes. God damn it. I'm just a hot mess right now. A goddamn mess. <clears throat> I got I got a little of that syntax wrong, but yeah, yeah. So okay. So people play guitar for fourteen hours for a long time. It's like a fucking week. It's a long time, now, anyhow. Yeah, is this the same people playing? Is it a group? One person. Ta- one, one person playing guitar for a week. One hundred fourteen okay. hours, six minutes, and thirty seconds playing. 
1,372 songs. That's a lot of songs. Okay. Factor schmacked, Matt. Yes. Uh, the most expensive guitar ever sold at action. Oh, wow. <laughs> God, I am just impressive. What an impressive specimen right now. Fact or schmacked, the most expensive guitar ever sold at auction was actually a broken Fender, which was smashed by Kurt Cobain. It went at auction at the famed London's auction house, Sotheby's, for $2.7 million. Okay. Fact or schmacked, mm-hmm. the world's largest functioning guitar is 13 meters long. Now, I know you know a lot about guitars, being a little musician and all. Yeah. So, which one of those is a schmacked? So, no no other information on this 13-meter-long guitar? Just, there's a guitar that's, thir- that's 13 is, meters long? Uh, like, what is that? 39 feet long? I wasn't asking you to do a metric conversion. I was asking, giving, like, well, you, I thought where you were is the more information? That's the more information. <laughs> like, where is this thing located? I don't know. What do I look like to you, a prepared host? <laughs> Come on, man. What part of this episode made you think that I'd prepared so well? So here, okay. <laughs> <laughs> This feels like a trap because you had two things with a lot of detail and then one thing where you're just like, ah, 13 meter long guitar. Well, what else do you want me to say, man? (laughs) I mean, it's 13 meters long. That's the remarkable part of that. Yeah, but like who made it? Fender. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just give me a goddamn answer. What kind of a luthier would luthier that, I ask you? World's... What did you say? Longest or biggest functional guitar? Largest functional Largest guitar. Largest functional 13 guitar. 13 meters long. Is there a larger non-functional guitar? Funny you mention it. What?! <laughs> Somebody did make a uh, man-made forest to look like guitar, a guitar from the sky somewhere in uh, Europe. Well, fancy that. I want to say it's like England. One of my neighbors uh, built a deck and he designed it like a guitar body. That's cool. I feel like you're yeah. stalling right now. That is actually cool. Yeah. But I feel like you're stalling. Um. Well, I I think it's the guitar one because you have literally no details Which, They're all guitar it. facts. Well, okay, the longest, largest guitar one. And that, think- sir, is how Kev gets a point. Ah, I knew it was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive guitar ever sold was Fender's Reach Out to Asia Stratocaster that raised funds for the victims of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami and earthquake and was signed by 19 professional musicians like Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Mick Jagger, and David Gilmore. The guitar sold for $2.7 million at auction. That's that, a that was, really See, I told you I was very prepared. I had this whole spiel I was going to go into before, and then we brought up Fax Max, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't have a computer. But I still won from Ashes Victory. Now listen. Okay. Listen here. Mm-hmm. My heart 
my heart has been warmed. Because what is usually a story about some asshole buying something totally worthless for way too much goddamn money is a story about peop- someone buying uh, something that does some good uh, for way too much goddamn money. So my heart's at least partially warmed by th- by that. And what would be that thing? What, the good thing? Yeah. Well, they're What's the thing that they for- bought? Oh, a, a, oh, the guitar. guitar. Oh, my yeah. God, man. I got to lay off the Holy pot before we record. Holy moly. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Is this, do we just do over? Nope. <laughs> this is all oh, staying God in. It. <laughs> no, it's yeah. actually, Kevin, it's, it's quite good that you're spaced out. Oh, because. Buddy. I want to talk to you today about Betty and Barney Hill. Do you know who Betty and Barney Hill are? Yeah. They had a close encounter. Oh, they had the closest kind encounter, my friend. You know what's funny is I feel like, I mean, you may find it hard to believe that I would learn something and then immediately forget it. But (laughs) I feel like at one point I knew this story. Can't recall right now. And I think that's pretty on brand with the rest of my night here. (laughs) No, that's terrific. So here's what we're going to do with the story of Benny and Barney Hill. We're going to tell it. Reenact uh, it? Betty and Barney Hill. No, but maybe someday in a video project we could. Promise. Only if you'll hold me. (laughs) We got videos like that already. Um. <laughs> That's on our uh, OnlyFans account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> OnlyFans.com forward slash fact schmacks. Everybody check it out. Very low barrier to entry. You have to Much be like a real, Matt. real fan. <laughs> uh, so we're going to we tell. with the dunce cap. Oh, God. <laughs> It's a one in a million shot, Doc. <laughs> uh, we're going to tell this story, two versions of the same story. We're going to tell the story the way that it's kind of normally told, and then we're going to tell a more accurate version of the story. Um, I'll determine which one's more accurate. All right. So version one. Shortly before midnight on September 19th, 1961. Betty and Barney Hill, who are a married couple uh, in their 50s, I'm going to say at that point, uh, were driving from Canada. Somewhere we are. I know. Somewhere in Canada to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So I'm guessing like New Brunswick is where they were. Quebec, maybe. um, If my geography is correct. Near the resort of Indian Head, New Hampshire, they stopped the car because Betty had seen a strange light in the sky. Uh, Seemingly, in the next moment, they were 35 miles down the road and several hours had passed. Betty called a friend uh, the next morning after they they had got home because she thought this had been very strange. She called a friend who was a major at a nearby Air Force base. He was... Major Paul Henderson, um, who confirmed 
that radar had picked up two UFOs that very night in two separate Air Force bases. These reports are officially written into the uh, Project Blue Book. You know what Project Blue Book is? Oh, I've heard of Project Blue Book. Can you tell me what Project Blue uh, Book is? Project Blue Book is um, the unofficial code name that was given to the organization that investigated alien um, incidences. I think it's actually the uh, official code name for the Air Force investigation into the Okay, the, the official the 60s. Yeah. Co- code Pro- name always to me just seems on it like you're like it's a code name, you know. Well, it's not No, official. code names are always code, code names are official. Code name, I, the, yeah, <laughs> By very definition official. they're official. Yeah. But I feel like they would call it an unofficial program is what I'm trying to communicate. No. Listen, they, they, let me have my cloak program. and dagger shit. I need the okay. smoking man unofficial uh program. Sure, sure. Thank you. Okay. Top secret program. Project. Not not long after um, the incident, Betty starts having nightmares. Nightmares about being taken on board an alien spaceship. Mm -hmm. To get a better understanding of what's happened to them, Betty and Barney Hill decide to get hypnotized. That's what you do. That's what you do, you know, if you're, if you've got something going on. Actually, we're going to do an episode in the future about hypnotism, specifically uh, um, hypnotism in the, in the 80s. There was, there was an interesting thing that happened there. I digress. Um, so they Did went you and got- your pants hi- off when the bell rang? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happened? No. Okay. No. Um. But but it, it's actually, a, I think it would tie in really nicely with this episode. We'll talk about it at that episode, but there'll be some pretty similar themes. Uh, um, I hope I'm better prepared for that one. <laughs> Are you high school high again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those so, of you who are just listening, uh, Matt and I tried to record one episode where I was the narrator, but I'd uh, I'd licked the bowl after making space cake which if you don't know what space cake is, I suggest you find out. And uh, it was terrible. I was very, very, very high and very, very incoherent. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it's the only episode we ever just threw out. It was also the second <laughs> one we ever tried to record. So It was the I second one we ever tried to we record, were, but it was awful. <laughs> I might still have it somewhere. Oh, God, please burn it. <laughs> Maybe with this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they go get hypnotized. They go get hypnotized. And in separate hypnosis, uh, under separate sessions under hypnosis, they both describe the same ordeal. They were stopped on the road by alien beings with gray skin and black bulging eyes. Interesting. The grays, huh? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Who took them from their car and escorted them through the woods to their alien space craft. These alien beings communicated to Betty in spoken English, but communicated to Barney telepathically. Betty was shown a star map leading to the alien's home world, which she later recreated from memory under hypnosis. 
us dating. Mm-hmm. They are brought to examination rooms where they are examined in an alien fashion. Probing. Medi- probing medical tests, genital stuff, a needle in the navel. All oh, of the- that suck. Yeah, all L- the listen, hits. Hold up. I need okay. to ask you I need to ask you a question, an important question. Okay. You seem like you wanna Okay. So here's the important question. If somebody pokes you in the belly button, where do you feel that? Oh, everywhere. I feel it. In your genitals, in your yes. yeah, up your spine. It's the worst. Yeah. The the reason, uh there is a reason for that because um your belly button isn't wired nervously to the same systems that your um, skin is. Because, like, skin, uh, and I'm not just, like, I'm not, I don't just know this. I just watched a Hank Green video on this. He just got, he's got a great video. If you don't know who Hank Green is, uh, he's just he's a great science educator, educator. I'm sure a lot of people know who he is. Um, your belly button's hooked up to your, like, internal nervous system, which doesn't really need to know where things are. So when you poke yourself in the belly button, all it knows is like something's happened down there. It doesn't necessarily, your brain doesn't know where it's happened. Fascinating. Yeah. Dude, you just unraveled a mystery I've had my whole life. There you go. I've always yeah. hated when someone pokes me in the belly button. I'm like, don't, you don't yeah. know where I feel that. And, and I you're don't being like a, it. Yeah. It's like someone, yeah, it's like someone poked a hole in, in, in the wiener. Yeah. And it feels terrible. And I just, I hate it. Don't ever do it to me. <laughs> The worst thing going. Mm-hmm. And now I know what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not important for your body to necessarily know where things are inside when things are going wrong because generally that's just like bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I try to bring that up and people just look at me. They're like, you're insane. Who says no. things like that? And I'm like, no, yeah, it's a no. thing. It's a yeah. legitimate thing. I don't know that okay. everyone feels it necessarily like right there, but I think your brain is no. just confused and doesn't know where to, you know, where to, to ascribe that feeling oh, to. Dude, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. All right, so they got a bunch of medical tests. They got poked in the belly button, but with, yeah, with a needle, bo- with a needle, a needle in the navel. Say that yeah. three times fast. Isn't that an Elliot Smith song? A needle in the navel. Oh, that's a needle in the hay. Ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Now this All story, right. uh, this story spread like absolute wildfire. I mean, there's books written about this. There's movies. Uh, there are newspaper articles. Um, this is the original abduction story. Uh, there weren't really any mainstream abduction stories before this. After this, there are a ton. Uh, just to give you an idea of the sort of um, fervor that this inspired in some people, there was a lady named, um, I want to get this right here, uh, Marjorie Fish, she was a school teacher. She read that book and she looked at the picture that Betty had drawn after the fact, this little star map. And she decides she's going to figure out where this star map is. So she she does the very reasonable thing of taking a star catalog and strings and beads and recreating to the best of her ability the galaxy in her living room then spending several years looking at her galaxy model in her living room until she found what she thought was the was the most likely home world of these aliens from this story 
uh, which was Zeta Reticuli. Have you ever heard of Zeta Reticuli? Uh, yeah. The Zeta Reticulans? Yeah. So this is, yeah, so these aliens who, who, um, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't refer to themselves as Zeta Reticulans, but we would. I'm sure they've got a different, you know, name for their home planet. Yeah. You know, so just before we go on, that's kind of the end of version one of this story. Do you have any thoughts about version one of this story before we move on? Yeah. So one thing I'd like to say is that chick who read the book and then spent like years of her life trying to find Zeta Reticuli. Yes. She needs to get laid. <laughs> she needs some other hobby. She needs, she needs, you know, I to get have, out and socialize with friends. Yeah, I, I wonder if, I don't know. I am would be curious to know if she was living with somebody else. Mm. Like, if your partner started doing this, how do you think you would react? Oh man, <laughs> oh, I don't right? Even, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> Like that would be, but that's that that's a scary. real thing for a lot of people, right? People lose, <laughs> uh, you know, lose loved ones to QAnon or to to cults or or stuff like that. Like, oh man, that would be it would be scary to watch that happen. I'm, you know, just lucky I've yeah. never gone through that. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Any other- I mean, I. Okay, you know that I, I love to just jump on board with all conspiracy th- like things within yeah. business, especially if it pertains to aliens, because I just I want to believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But love I it. mean, I I that's one of those stories where I just kind of go, yeah, all right, yeah, maybe, but probably not. That's the the version that you're most likely to hear, um, and. The things in that story are largely true. You know, even I will, I mean, other than the the actual, like, the timeline stuff, all checks out. You know, there's not, outside the aliens, there's, there's you know, we're gonna, you'll see. It's, it's a pretty similar, similar story, anyways. Okay. So here's the abduction take two. Shortly before midnight, September 19th, 1961, Betty and Barney Hill are driving from Canada to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Sorry, can I just interrupt? Yeah. Is there going to be a test? No. On the differences between the stories? Uh, no. That's good, because I'm not too sure how much attention I paid to the first one. So yeah, no. that wasn't really my plan. Like I, I, I am using this as a rhetorical device, but I wasn't using it to try and trick you. Okay, all right. <clears throat> uh, so you know they're if they're going to New Hampshire, I think that probably means they're like what leaving from New Brunswick, Quebec, something like that. I'm not you know 100 percent sure on my U.S. geography. Right near the uh, near the resort of Indian Head, New Hampshire, uh, they stopped the car because Betty had seen a strange light in the sky, but Barney. Barney thought it was a plane, and I mean, he said after the fact that he thought it was a plane, always thought it was a plane, or at least had said several times. Was that Betty his call- explanation? <laughs> that was his ex- explanation. explanation. <laughs> <laughs> that joke's just plain ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I myself. Oh! Funny you mentioned that because Betty called a friend, Major Paul Henderson, at a nearby Air Force base, 
Who confirmed is this a f- friend? Well, I don't know if it's a friend or a friend, you know. But this is like a lady in her in her fifties, so I'm gonna just. Well, I don't know. Older people can hey, man. get down. I hey, shouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. You can get busy at any age. Absolutely, dude. We part- we're, we're closer to we're closer to fifty than we are twenty. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Party as long as you want to party. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and he confirmed that there had been uh, two confirmed uh, radar. Uh, sightings of UFOs or radar pings of UFOs. I guess it's not sighting if it's on radar. Uh, and these reports are officially written down in the Air Force's Project Blue Book. Betty seemingly loses track of 35 minutes worth of the journey after uh, after her, her incident. I've actually got those two points out of order. I guess she lost track, then they got home, and then she called her friend. Over the next two years, Betty Hill wrote and rewrote the story of her encounter, supposedly informed by dreams and nightmares (laughs) that she was having. But this, these uh, written accounts, not the hypnosis sessions, are where most of the details of that um, encounter come from. Uh, You know, she... uh, wrote this thing over and over again and expanded on it and expanded on it. And I'm sure during those two years, like, I'm sure Barney didn't hear fucking nothing about it, right? (laughs) I'm sure she told him about it until he fucking couldn't stand hearing about it. Oh, 100%. That's what Barney's all about. Right. Do you think you could do something for two years and not and like not talk to your spouse about it at all? I don't think I could do something for two years and not talk to my spouse about it for. I, I bet I bet your wife's just like, goddamn fact schmacks. Oh yeah, I'm so sick of hearing about this goddamn podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm sure she just talked his ear off about this thing, uh, and then you know, of course, two years later they undergo hypnosis. And they tell a pretty similar story. The major beats of the story that they told uh, were largely the same. But the actual look of the aliens was very, very different. Betty had actually for two years maintained that the aliens were little guy or short guys with black hair and Jimmy Durante noses. Okay, what's Jimmy Durante? What's a Jimmy Durante nose? I feel like if they name a nose after you, it's a pretty distinct nose. It's a very distinct nose. He was a like he's like a vaudeville guy. So this would be Uh, a a reference that would make sense to somebody in 1961, and in 2022 is like completely arc. You know, doesn't even make sense. Uh, But I did look up a picture of him because I was very curious. He just has a very very prominent nose. He's just got a huge schnoz, like. There's no sidestep in it. He's got a very big nose. Yeah, so give me his name one more time. Jimmy Durante. Jimmy. Yeah, D-U-R-A-N-T-E, I believe. Jimmy Durante. Durant. Okay. So yeah, just a big... A sh- that's a big that's old shot, right? That's a big honker, man. He's that's like a big a sniffer. Human version of Gonzo from Muppet Babies. Yeah, can you imagine how much fucking cocaine he could take up that thing? Oh, buddy. Yeah. 
Did they do coke back in the day? I think it was just opium dens back then. Maybe. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. You're right. Um, so that was her description of the aliens. Barney, on the other hand, he's the one that described them as looking like now what we consider traditional greys. Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay. The gray alien, or something that looked remarkably like the what we consider the gray alien now, um, was actually featured in the Twilight Zone. An episode of the Twilight Zone called Hocus Pocus and Frisbee that aired in 1962. Now, 1962 is after the alleged incident, but before the hypnosis session. Okay. And if these people are as obsessed or at least she's as obsessed over aliens as uh, uh, as she was at the time. I'm gonna I'm I'd be willing to bet that they're watching like sci-fi television, probably if any t- television at all. Um, but after Betty heard Barney's description of the the big bug-eyed aliens with you know gray skin and bald hair, she never mentioned her her black-haired Jimmy Durante nosed guys ever again. That was right out the window. This version of the story is almost never told. Did not spread like wildfire. So this is your proof is in the pudding that they made it up because because they they changed their tune on the description. It's not necessarily a proof is in the pudding that they changed their tune in the description. It's that the version that you hear that they were abducted and then, uh, you know, remembered this stuff really quickly and then went through hypnosis. You know, that's that's like largely true the story. But you're kind of conveniently leading leaving out that she spent two years writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting this thing. OK, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I get it. So you just want to now put there are what wet blanket fact all over that great story. Well, there's, there are three supposed pieces of evidence, right? Her dress from right. that night uh, that supposedly was torn. She, she put that in a closet for 40 years. Okay. And then 40 years later, some people took that dress out and they looked at it and they said, hmm, there's some gross stuff on this dress. Well, yeah, she stuck it in a closet for 40 years. It's probably got dust and mites and... All sorts of shit on it, like you would if you stuck any garment in a closet for 40 years and then pulled it out. It wouldn't look great. So I don't find that to be a particularly convincing line of evidence. Okay. So there's the uh, second one. Second one is the star chart that she recreated from memory. You know, that that Maggie Fish used string, beads, and a copy of a star catalog, as I'd said, to recreate this and spent years looking at it. And then decided that Zeta Reticuli is where these aliens come from. Well, astronomers are far less convinced about uh, this whole star map there, mostly because it doesn't include a third dimension, so it's very technically completely useless trying to determine where anything would actually be uh, in that. So there's that. It's not necessarily like, uh, you know, but all it really is is a couple dots with lines drawn between them. Like, it that doesn't mean anything, right? Then there's the radar reports. This is something that actually happened. It's recorded in Project Blue Book. There were two radar reports. One of them 
is in the time frame uh, or during the time frame that according to Betty's story, they were on the ground uh, in the ship being examined and poked and prodded and, and prodded and navel needled and genitally uh, uh, examined. Um, yeah. So they weren't in the air at that time, so it wouldn't have been that one, right? Uh, or the because they were on the ground, right? The other one was from hours beforehand. Both of these were objects that were um, high altitude but low velocity, which is weather balloons. They were both weather balloons. There was just two weather balloons. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, come on, man. They very well. Hey, maybe right. I'm not going to tell you that they definitely were, or or whatever. Yeah, you you can decide that for yourself. I want to believe. You want to believe. Do you want to believe this story? Ah, man, I don't know. The story has always just kind of, especially now that you put those other pieces to it, it always sounded very fantastical. But like, hear me out. Mm -hmm. So there was legitimately two kind of unidentified. Yeah. Uh, we'll just call them unidentified radar pickups. Yep. That were extremely consistent with weather balloons. That could have been aliens disguising themselves as weather balloons. Yes. When most people think of aliens, they think of slow moving ships. Exactly. They want you to think (laughs) it's what you won't think it is. So there's two that... There's two things that happen at the same time that this allegedly happens. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was nothing. Well, these two things happened be... hours and hours apart. I think they were eight hours apart. Hour time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. I actually fucking love that. (laughs) That was was great. (laughs) Yeah, that long silence was Matt laughing very far away from his mind. uh, Yeah. (laughs) As far away as I could get. No, that was, yeah, that's great. Hey, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not not saying it's right or wrong. Now, after the fact, Betty Hill was very, Barney Hill died not long after the 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 whole hypnosis episode so it was pretty much okay. betty um promoting this episode on her own uh, not you know from from kind of the get go um she was really popular in ufo circles for a time but she kind of quickly i want to say publicly unraveled uh which isn't great like the, the, the i i i genuinely think that she was that she believed what she was saying, but I also genuinely think that she was maybe a little not in a great spot, not in a great place uh, mentally. Did they make any money off this? Oh, tons of people made money off of her. Absolutely. Did she make any money? I don't know. That's what I would be curious about because I think, especially back then... Well, she self-published a book, so and she did like speaking stuff, so I'm sure she did make money, but... I bet more people yeah. made money off of her than she made herself. Like I, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I do feel like she's the victim in in a lot of this. But she, I mean, she has a family that still very much believes this this uh, this story, and nobody knows, you know, exactly what happened. But 
she was very kind of prominent until she wasn't. In the words of one UFO enthusiast, this is like a quote that gets thrown around a lot when discussing her legacy. Uh, someone who accompanied her on a UFO um, sightseeing tour, she was unable to tell the difference between a street light and a landed spacecraft. Um, she pretty clearly was was out of it. She said that she saw UFOs eight out of ten times she left the house. To give you an idea of maybe how uh, how primed she was to see these yeah. sorts of things. I um, mean, that's the thing. You're either doing it to grift people out of money, or you're doing it when you're when you're making it up, or you're doing it because you you, you maybe you truly believe it, but you're you're probably not well at that point. Maybe you can say that she was traumatized by her experience, but uh, by all accounts, she was a UFO nut before any of this started. She yeah. was a UFO nut beforehand, and so many of these encounter stories, it starts with somebody who is a UFO nut and then has an encounter. Travis Walton was a UFO nut before you know his alleged encounter. Dude, I hope I get to have an encounter. <laughs> because you're a UFO nut? <laughs> Dude, right there. Look at this. I know I've shown you this before. Oh, uh, yeah. You want to believe? Oh, God. Yeah, buddy. Well, you can't see it because of the lighting. I hey, listen. I 100% want to believe. When it's aliens, I'll be the first one to say, oh, my bad. Yeah. And then move on and with my I life. Wanna, like I want, a phone, I want a phone call being like, yeah. hey, you're right. Sure. Yeah. If if your, our alien overlords allow us to uh, make phone calls, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I for one welcome our new overlords. Let's talk about maybe the legacy of uh, Betty and Barney Hill just a little bit. Okay. Nearly every UFO report since follows the basic template set forth by the Hills. You know, but before this story was mainstream, UFO abductions were basically unheard of. After they were everywhere and they all had the same thing. Now, maybe the aliens just started visiting us um, in the uh, 60s. Maybe. But I've got a I've got a better explanation for what's happened there, because I really, truly do not believe that that many people are making stuff up. I don't believe that that many people really do make stuff up like that's. I think that's uh that's not a great way of explaining it. People aren't generally like some people are making stuff up. Some people are grifters, but there's a lot of true believers. I um but I want to talk about actually something called sleep paralysis. Have you ever heard about sleep paralysis? Uh no. Well, uh, yeah. Kind of. Explain it to me. Well, you're going to explain it either way. I'm going to explain well. it either way, right? And I'm not going to do a great job, but it is a real no, medical thing. Uh, and But basically, when you're sleeping, you there's parts of your brain that are kind of in charge of making sure, like when you're in, in REM sleep, that you're not awake at the same time. Okay. Sometimes in some people, that kind of fails. And they wake up during REM sleep. And there's a pretty universal experience that people have, which is a very heavy weight on their chest, a complete inability to move because the the part of your brain that keeps you like still while you're you're having REM sleep is still working. You're just awake, and people can have um, audio, visual, and tactile hallucinations. Not everyone who experiences oh, sleep man. paralysis will experience that. 
but enough will that could account for basically everybody who's ever said that they've been visited by aliens in their bedroom at night, right? Okay. In the Middle Ages in Europe, a hag or witch was said to sit on the chests of unlucky people. Actually, if you got a bad night's sleep, you were said to have been visited. This was such a common thing. You were said to have been visited by the hag or you were haggard. Oh, neat. Yeah. In uh, India. I love, he- I love hearing the etymology of words. Oh, like, it's so Where great, did that right? come from? And sometimes it, it fits neatly into, you know, something yeah. that's, uh, you know. In in uh, India, we're all richer for that. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Nice little fact for you. See, like I, 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 some, some <laughs> in value. 30, 31 or thirty two episodes, we finally <laughs> got a banger of a fact out there. You're welcome, everybody. In India, it's the Mohini, a beautiful but deadly enchantress who sits on your chest. In the Slavic cultures, it's a Just gypsy. On your chest. It's a yeah, gypsy man with wild glowing eyes, and you guessed it. He, he sits on your chest. <laughs> And he apparently rides you like a horse, too. Oh, <laughs> God damn. Um, hey, what was what was that little Nas song? Oh, uh, Old Town Road? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gonna ride my horse. <laughs> gonna, gonna ride this dude on a bed down this old town. Hang on. That didn't quite come out correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or maybe, and maybe if that's your jam. Anyways, um, funny thing, though, since the Betty and Barney Hill incident in the 60s, uh, visits, visits by hags, unheard of. Visits by aliens and ghosts, that's kind of the go-to now in Western European culture. I don't know what it's like in other places, but uh, yeah, sleep paralysis is a real thing. That's how people used to experience it. It does seem to be somewhat inf- informed by like cultural, you know, either just you, what you're afraid of. I'm sure a lot of people were afraid of witches in the Middle Ages. Um, you know, now people are afraid of aliens and ghosts or, you know, whatever. That's 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 what people experience. Uh, can't explain it. I could just tell you. What do you think? You ready for another 20 minutes? What do you think of <laughs> ghosts? Uh oh. Come on. What do you what do you mean what do I think of ghosts? What do you think of ghosts? Tell me what you think of ghosts. You don't believe in ghosts? No, of course I don't believe in ghosts. You don't believe in spirits? Nope. Nope, not even a little. No. Nope. What do you think happens to all our energy? What do you mean all our what energy? What's what's going on in me to make me a human, to make me care about shit, to make me move around and 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 do all my things? I mean, that's got to a- be a little a little bit of pixie dust on there, right? It's got to be more than just skin and meat and or and is consciousness an, an emergent property of all the processes that are going on in your brain? Is it not really uh, anything? I'm more of the emergent property uh, school of thought. So where does that energy go? Nowhere. There was, you know, you're imagining energy where it isn't. The energy is in your body, uh, in your fat and in your cells and whatnot. And when you die, it you just go away. I feel you're bad just, for you. You're just gone. I just want to go over there and give you a hug. <laughs> you're not alone, buddy. <laughs> well, I think, uh, but that, so for my way of looking at things, though, um, that means that this, you know, this is life. This is the best part of it. Enjoy it. I know that the way I Fact behave schmacks. doesn't necessarily. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
turn this show off. Get on with the best part of your life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you I, need, here. I need to grab a beer. So here's your chance to roast me for 30 seconds while oh, I run and grab wow. one. Uh, you know, I can't say a lot bad about Matt. I mean, not on the podcast, mostly to his face. But uh, I feel really bad that he doesn't believe there's just a little bit of magic inside all of us, inside me, inside you, and inside that pale little fellow himself. Oh, here he is. He's back. We've, we've really tried to set out to give you guys a high-quality, high-production professional show. Absolutely. So. There's only the finest oh, for our guests yeah. here, our listener. Yeah. Um, in terms of ghosts, like I just I look at it the same way as aliens. There's no, um, it's it's the absolute last possible conclusion you can draw from any of these incidents. Uh, and usually, like even if you don't, you can't come up with a good explanation for what has happened. It's still not ghosts. <laughs> it's still not think, aliens. Okay, last question on the subject. Do you think if you came face to face with a ghost, he would be the one who said, holy shit, you're pale? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, come back. (laughs) Um... (laughs) again it's not like you're exactly swarthy (laughs) but probably to answer your question yeah i do think that a ghost would i think we'd both be pretty surprised to be honest with you okay yeah i think we'd both be a little you know a little surprised by this encounter. I don't know what I'd do if I saw a ghost. What would you do if you saw a ghost? Oh, buddy. Try to talk to it. 100%. Yeah, right? What yeah. would you ask a ghost if you could? Um, Let's say you get one ghost question. What's your ghost one, question? Ooh, damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like on the other side? Why are you yeah. stuck here? That's kind of two questions, but it's like one, one conversation starter, you know? Yeah. What's it like over there? Why are you here? Yeah. What about you? What do you ask him? I'd Where'd you prob- get that tan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was going to say I'd probably ask him to check this out and then I'd pull a sick wheelie or something, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe that'd be squandering my one and only opportunity to ask a question (laughs) to those beyond the grave, but I don't know. I think it'd be worth it. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Oh, wow. (laughs) All right. What about big feet? Bigfoot? Yeah, Bigfoots, big feet. Oh. Would you call a group of big of of, of Bigfoots big feet? Yeah, uh, they're squatches, Sasquatches. Well, they're also Bigfoots. 
Would you call them big foots or uh, big feet? I think like, it should be feet. Like ge- well, I think it would be like goose and geese. So it was big feet for sure. It should be. Yeah, big feet. Yeah. A, a, a gaggle of big feet. Yeah, okay. Would it be a gaggle though? Uh, What's another good grouping word? There's a murder. There's a murder, but it wouldn't be a murder of big feet. It's a murder of crows. Yeah. I think if you ran into a bunch of Bigfoots, you would, would you call them? Would you call it maybe a leg of big feet? <laughs> oh God! A shoe of big feet? Uh, not bad. Yeah, a sock of big you feet. Got any more? Uh, uh, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. Bigfoot's the one thing that like I wish was real, man. Harry and the Hendersons. Did you ever? You watch wish that everything was real. Dude, because life sucks, and if we could have some goddamn ghosts and aliens and yetis, that would be fantastic. Life would just be a little bit more more worth living. A little more worth living, for sure. Gotta find your joy without aliens. And Sasquatches? Or, I don't know, maybe maybe it turns out that there are There's aliens. There's gotta be we'll something, be, man. Like we'll Nessie all be finding or, joy in I, sex and aliens. Lizard people, I just want something to be real. <laughs> One just want thing. something weird, goddammit. Yeah, I just want to be like, see? Fuck, I told you. Yeah. Aliens you know, exist. I just want one comic book to re- be real. Oh, man. What 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 comic book hero would you be if you could be a comic book hero? Um, What's the worst one? Superman? Superman's the worst, right? Well, he's just boring. He's so you know, fucking boring. He's Superman. He's yeah. just Superman. Ugh. I like Batman. I'm a Batman guy. Yeah, I guess. If that's so boring too now. Everyone likes Batman. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to be Batman. I want to I want to have superpowers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm just over it. You haven't put a lot of thought in this, have you? To superpowers? No. I I never Yeah, I think I uh, like I don't know. I'd I'd love to be invulnerable. Sure, that'd be a great one. Fair. Who wouldn't love to just be literally impervious to damage? Yeah. But wouldn't that be a hell of some sort? What if you could still die, but you're still invulnerable and your body's just going to stay around forever? Nobody could ever do anything about it. But At the end of the there? universe, the heat death of the universe, and there's you're your body. There. Yeah, I mean, you're I wonder- out there. I wonder if that would take out Superman. The heat death of the universe? Yeah. I wonder. Well, there'd be well, that's, yeah, it would, because there wouldn't be the the red sun of the earth to to power him. That's where everything stops vibrating. Yeah. Okay. That's and that's well after all the stars go out. Well. So yeah, Superman's long gone. You know, he needs them stars. Do you have a closing fact for us to uh <sighs> Let's fucking wrap this up. Let's fucking wrap this up. (laughs) Jesus. Wow. Any closing thoughts on Benny and Barney Hill from you about about (sighs) that story? Have I, have I, uh, you know, I think that one, like that one's harder for me to bite on because I'm kind of with you in the whole, like it was kind of made up. I think the real loser in this whole story was the fish lady. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Like she bought into it. She, you know, spent years of her life looking oh, at beads buddy. on string. I kind of picture like the Stranger Things kind of where she's like stringing up the lights to get the her son to talk to her. You've never seen Stranger never, Things. I've never seen it. It came, it came out it? when 
when my uh, my kid was younger, and my wife doesn't like watching scary things, so it's it's, it's not scary. It's very it's very nostalgic for the eighties. I know. I want to watch it, but I just like my problem is if if my wife's not into doing something with me, I'm probably just gonna play a video game or something because that's my. You, know, you play a lot of video games. Play you? a lot of video games, and <laughs> and I spend my time re-recording our theme song. So look out for a new and improved, revamped theme song. Uh, for the record, I wanted a theme song where we played like a child instrument. You know, like those little keyboards and little electric guitars and stuff, and maybe sang together. Yeah, it's unfortunate but, for you that music's the one thing I do give a shit about. Yeah, so. We are looking forward to that. That's always, uh, that'll be nice. Um, I do have a closing fact for you. It, it's a little, it's a little weird of a fact. This has been a bit weird of an episode. <laughs> uh, I'm going to apologize that I am, uh, incredibly baked. Uh, it's, it's the thing that happens up here. It's legal. Leave me alone. I do what I want. Right. You're not my so boss. We got, You're uh, not my mom. Do you know, can't tell uh, me what you do to do. You're not my dad. <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> the real backstory for Mario. Do you know about it? You know what's really funny? This episode today was almost about the history of Nintendo. Interesting. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Uh, but uh, no, so look out for that in a history a future episode. Uh, the, oh, sorry, the real backstory of Mario. Like, what do you mean? Like the original kind of... Why Why is Mario in this kingdom? Who's the princess? What's going on? Who are these guys? What the hell? Uh, well, it was... Um, so the original... So there was Bowser, you know, stole the princess, sure. Princess Peach. Uh, he commands the, the Goomba army. And, uh, you know, Mario goes and rescues the, the Peach. She's not in eight castles... Seven castles. She's in the eighth one. There's a little toad guy in seven of those castles to tell you... That she's not there, and you got to go to that next castle. Okay, is that the That's interesting? Or do you want to hear the version <clears throat> of like he was originally supposed to be the character Mario was supposed to be this like everyman no, no. character that Nintendo could put in every game. That's why he's in Donkey Kong and Punch Out and you know Mario or you know golf and he was supposed to be like this, not necessarily a mascot, but this like bland like character, Lego, Lego man. Yeah, but change his clothes, put a new hat on him. Yeah, but that's more the like internal. <clears throat> no, this one comes from the manual for Super Mario Brothers. Okay, I'll just I'm just gonna read it to you if I can read it because God knows I've been a bit. Of oh a mess fuck! Today. I'm sure I read that when I was a kid. Uh, okay, here goes. One day, the kingdom of the peaceful mushroom people was invaded by the Koopa, a tribe of turtles. <clears throat> excuse me, famous for their black magic. The quiet, peace-loving mushroom people were turned into mere stones, bricks, and even field horse hair plants, and the mushroom kingdom fell into ruin. Whoa, wait the a minute, one... wait a minute, wait a minute. When you're smashing bricks in the Mario yes. games... Yes! No! Yes! You've been committing a horrible genocide the whole time. They must mean the solid bricks that aren't... No. The only one who can do the magic spell on the mushroom people and return them to their normal selves is Princess Toadstool, the daughter of the Mushroom King. Unfortunately, she is presently in the hands of the great Koopa Turtle King. Mario, the hero of the story, 
maybe, hears about the mushroom people's plight and sets out on a quest to free the mushroom princess from the evil Koopa and restore the fallen kingdom of the mushroom people. You are Mario. It's up to you to save the mushroom people from the black magic of the Koopa. So yeah, you're, you're, you're blasting through all those poor people who yeah. returned to brick Damn. and you're taking their coin soul. You're t- <laughs> <laughs> That's that little bit of magic in that kingdom. Here it's pixie dust. There it's coins. Oh no. Yeah, dude. Oh, so I got all those free lives when I got all those coins. Oh my God. Yes. It yeah. Just think of all the horrible things. You did to those poor bricks. Well, fuck you, Kevin. Fuck you very fuck much. You, fuck you too. Thank you and good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube, or on Twitter.com, at FactSchmackedPod. We also have a website, FactSchmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. Sure.